Step one, you say we need a star. Paul Pierce really just can't get us that far. I know exactly what we could do. Get Ray Allen to hit threes right on cue. How about a point guard who can pass? Pretty good at D and a bit of an ass. Fuck it, let's get KG for fun. A lineup to make Bill Simmons. Mm. The Cavs got jack shit to help LeBron James. And the Spurs are always the fucking same. Don't judge me, a super team's just wise. And I know how to save a franchise. Not an actual song. I was wondering. I was like, "What is this?" It sounds something no. familiar. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a bunch of uh, like southern horn hip hop songs. Like mm. all, all like all of the all, all of those kinds of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was saying I was thinking more West Coast. It sounds like it sounds like California Dreaming. That's true. California. Yeah, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take I guess we're not really doing the song. We're kind of making up our own words, but yeah, that's the one thing. I'm really lucky. Anytime I'm like singing a song, I will never get copywritten for it because I don't actually know the words to songs, so I just yeah. make shit up. This is true. Um, this is true. Better? Who knows? You be the judge. Definitely not. Would never say that. Uh, as How a judge, you? as a judge, I would say never better. Never ever better. Never. How dare you? Ever, ever, ever better. Okay, I see how it is. You're fine. You're fine. You're not Tupac. No, never thought I was. I'm a uh, French Montana. Oh, he's palatable. Yeah, but according to him, he's one of the greatest ever. I don't know why he thinks that so much. Is he like, what is he, Albanian? I don't know what he is. I just know he made the song. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't know what he is, but like, he's like most famous song. The most famous part isn't his part. Sway Lee's. Think about it. I think Unforgettable is probably his most famous song at this point. Which one's Unforgettable? You are Unforgettable. No, that's not his most famous song. His his most famous song is Don't Stop, Pop That, Don't Stop, Pop That, Pop That, Pop That, Pop That, Pop That, Pop That, Him and Rick Ross. Young man, pain. Yeah, it's perfect. Neither one of us know the words, so we're never gonna get in not trouble. Good. It's not good. It's not good. Um, I used to run to that song when I used to nice. run. That's how old that song is. I, that I used to run to it. <laughs> Bob's been running a lot uh, lately, and like getting back into it. And the other day, he was playing his um, his like running music for it, and his <laughs> the playlist for his. Is uh running is running playlist. The name is Run You Bitch. Oh. Uh, so I'm like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> at points he has like he has like uh some of like the scores from Dragon Ball Z in it, which truthfully they they'll make you go like very pump. They're pump up music. It's scores, but it's like. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, there's people cheering in the background. Uh, he also runs to Godzilla music, which also, like, you know, it's sure. repetitive. And it makes you want to, you think of a giant monster when you hear it. So I would also run my fucking ass off. It works for me. 
I'm getting I'm getting jazzed up right now, right over here. Getting jazzed yeah. up, ready to run. Not gonna, not gonna, but ready if I need to. Nope. Hammies and quads are nice and loose. That's my head. That's my loose head motion. I, I like it. It's good. Loose. I um, we we we're those guys, and we have a, a pull-up bar just up on. <laughs> Uh, I don't give a shit. His girlfriend is the one who gave it to us. So it's like I'm random like, times throughout the day when I just want to get my pump uh, on and just fucking get after it. And I just you, fucking pump and pump you, and all you day. You say that. I, I, I did like 30 yesterday and my arms are on fire because <laughs> uh, I don't do pull-ups ever. And then I just like kind of started them. I, the most I can do in one set is five. Hello. Watch out there, folks. You, sir. I uh, I know. So what's interesting is I've been losing weight during the quarantine, but it's like primarily water weight and um, this little the whoop band, which whoop sponsor us, man. I wear one. I've been wearing one for months. I talk about you guys all the time um, in personal conversations, never on this podcast. If you're listening, give us a, give us a, give us a sponsorship. Throw us that money. 30 percent off whoop dot com slash. Yay. Come on. No, it's not actually a commercial, but it does sound good. Whoop dot com slash NBA. For thirty percent off for your first hey, month, thirty dollars hey, off first month. I don't want a bunch of people complaining to Whoop that they can't get their thirty dollars off from the NBA because <laughs> that's not a real thing. It's or real thing. what if we get enough people to complain that it actually becomes a real thing? And we get a sponsor. See now you're off. thinking. See this is how this is how Garpax got fired. Is that social media was like get them out of here, and they made them so miserable that they they had John Paxson left. Yeah. That's what you did. So we need we need social media to make them miserable by saying, get the NBA in there. Yes. We love these guys and we want to support them by buying fitness straps so we can all be fitness people together. Now, what I was trying to say was that my fitness strap is getting tighter and tighter and tighter <laughs> around my wrists. It's not a good thing. Probably no. a bad thing. Probably means I'm gaining some weight. But, but the number on the scale is going down. I don't know who to believe. What, what the fuck? Weight Watcher scale. It's fucking bullshit. Anywho, um, as you guys can probably hear by now, we have no Tad today. Tad is back home in good old Iowa with his good old mommy and daddy. And they're golfing. And they're drinking, probably. And they're... What else do people in Iowa do? Let's let's guess, because Tad can't defend himself. This will be um, fun. I mean, we definitely know one thing they do. Reminisce about the Hawkeyes. They talk about the Hawkeyes. They're probably, let's see, he's been there since yesterday, so they're probably on the last Rose Bowl season, which was, I don't fucking know, 2014. Probably wrong. Tad's probably screaming. You must, you know the fucking, uh, 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 you know how Tad is. Yeah. Listeners. You know how Tad is. He's just going to get all riled up about Hawkeye stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Uh, thanks, dude. I, uh, that. I hope I hope that Tad's parents are doing well um, if they're listening. And uh, I hope Tad's entire family is doing well. Uh, and uh, thanks for taking Tad away from us for a week. We needed the, we needed the break. I think the coronavirus has forced us all to spend far too much time together, um, mm-hmm. even if it is in a digital sense. So I think it's good for the relationship when you really think about it that Tad's not here today, just to give us a little space. And, uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Right? All right. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. This is NBA episode 131 of the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit 
Uh, I am your host. I tried to do this. Oh, before we get into that, um, make sure you check out the mini show that we did uh, this week. We had Kelly Dwyer on the podcast to talk about the last dance in the 90s. Kelly's the man. Uh, if you're interested in basketball and some gnarly riffs and some talk about the fucking... Uh, 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 oh my god, the name of the band is escaping me. Uh, Jeremy Sparkin, Pearl Jam, crushed it. Thank you. I, you I was like, I'm not gonna say anything, I'm gonna let him get it. I appreciate it. Uh, if you want to hear some grunge talk, some uh, some sweet riffs from your man Kelly Dwyer, and uh, just some good old fashioned NBA talk, Tad D- Kelly and I had the uh, is Mr. uh. Reggie Miller, a Hall of Famer debate. That was fun. Uh, Kelly agreed with me. That's all you need to know. Um, But in any case, make sure and check out that mini-sode. But today is episode 131 of NBA Podcast. Try to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. I talked about the Kelly Dwyer interview because I was going to do this, aka last episode or that mini-sode, and I forgot it because we had to (laughs) push it back an hour. I always forget that Kelly's in Indiana. They're in Eastern Time. We're in Central Time. The the scheduling was all weird. Doesn't matter. We did the interview. I am Jake Kelas, aka Dickie Simpletons. (laughs) And, And to my brother... Maybe it wasn't worth the wait. Uh, yeah. brother from the West Coast, introduce yourself, sir. From deep. Uh, my name is Nick Aquiles, a.k.a. Aaron Aflalo Carb. <laughs> or Aflalo Fat Yogurt. Nice. Light, nice. <clears throat> Afla, drop it low, girl. Drop it, drop it low, girl. Drop it, drop it low, girl. Drop it, drop it. Don't stop. Pop that. Don't stop. Pop that. I don't like saying that word. There's like five words. Yeah that I don't like saying, that's one of them. And then the P word is the other P word. Not a big fan of that one. Um, just don't like saying it. The C word, not the one that everybody's like, I can't you believe you called me that. But like the other, the C word for the the phallic one, that one, don't love that. Don't love phallic, if I'm being honest, <laughs> like as a word. What are your top five least favorite words to say? I don't know because none of those are, are in it. I say dick. I say dick, vagina, butthole, booty hole, asshole, cornhole. I'm comfortable with all of those. I didn't, I didn't say any of those. Cock, balls, pussy, dick, <laughs> tally whacker. Tallywacker didn't bother me. Tallywacker's funny. That's just good. That's just good, clean fun right there. I don't know if I have any. I mean, I feel like it's. It might be a cop out, but all of my like least favorite words are either like racist or sexist or homophobic. <laughs> I get them a lot. Nikki's, uh, favorite, Nikki's least favorite words are love, compassion. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell a customer today. I was I was just like I was like weirdly enough, it's like a lot of people seem very upset that we're in a version of the apocalypse where only love and compassion is actually going to get things done, not just shooting at people randomly like in Mad Max. And the lady was like, "Oh my god." You should write that down. That was really good. <laughs> I'm not going to write that down. Oh, Hollywood people. But welcome back, y'all. This is another episode of NBA, hopefully your favorite podcast. Um, we started a blog, by the way. We decided we were having some conversations. Kelly oh, got us all inspired. Boy. We set up a Substack. So if you guys are interested, um, I actually wrote a blog post today chronicling my entering into NBA fandom and how I became an NBA fan. This was my part one of a, it's probably going to be like a four part series, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. But in any case, um, make sure and check that out. You can check that out at mba.substack. Hold on. Let me confirm if that's the actual address. (laughs) I don't actually know. 
I should know by now. You should. NBA.substack.com. I wasn't sure if there was a .com. NBA.substack.com. Check out the blog. You can catch the episodes there. Everything that you want from your NBA guys. Um, Starting today's episode... On a bit of a somber note, um, the NBA world lost one of its greatest coaches today in Jerry Sloan. Now, Jerry Sloan um, has come up a lot over the last week because, of course, he was prominently featured in the last two episodes of The Last Dance as the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Um, I'm just going to read off some stats for Jerry Sloan, Nikki. Um, so Jerry Sloan had a career regular season win-loss record of 1,221 and 803, placing him third all-time in NBA wins at the time he retired. Uh, Sloan was only fifth, only the fifth coach in NBA history to reach 1,000 victories uh, and is one of two coaches in NBA history to record 1,000 wins with one club, and that is the Utah Jazz, of course. Now, Nikki, how many Coach of the Years do you think that Jerry Sloan won in his coaching career? Mm, so afraid. Uh, that's going to be like less than what I actually think it is. I'm going to, I'm going to say three, zero, not one. I, I had a feeling you were going to say, I was like, I bet it's fucking zero. It should be like six or seven, but it'll end up being zero. Not one, not one. Um, Jerry Sloan. Yeah. I mean, like one of the greatest coaches in NBA history and the first bull to ever have his jersey retired. A lot of people don't know that. Jerry Sloan, the original Bull, number four, had career averages of 14, 7.5, and 2.5 assists, was two-time all-defensive second team and four-time all-defensive first team, two-time NBA All-Star in 1967 and 1969. His first coaching gig, Nikki, do you know who his first coaching gig was with? With the Chicago Bulls? With the Chicago Bulls, and he sucked. He was <laughs> terrible. Um, but, of course, um, was – an assistant for the Chicago Bulls became their head coach was very, very terrible. A little too rambunctious for a head coach. Um, like to fight referees. There's many, many articles that reference that. Um, that sounds like my head coach. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, goes to Utah, um, becomes the assistant coach there. And then their head coach becomes the president of, I don't know, basketball operations or whatever the equivalent was at that time. Jerry steps in, never missed the playoffs. Not a once. Not seventy seventy seven is when he started. So according to my records here, he started with the Utah Jazz as their head coach in nineteen eighty eight. So oh, at this, yeah, at this point, Carmel and John Stockton are both on the team. He takes over, and they become one of the greatest teams in NBA history. Um, of course, never winning a never, never winning a final or a championship, but making it to the finals on multiple occasions. And he's had multiple rebirths um, of these like teams that kind of like came up and and came up organically really um you know you have malone and stockton in the you know late 80s to late 90s they leave he still makes the playoffs um then a couple years later actually no that's a lie he didn't make the playoffs every single season now that i remember but in any case um draft uh darren williams pick up carlos boozer trade for mehmet okor pick up andre kirilenko in the draft and then become another formidable team that made it to the Western Conference. And we'll cover this team probably in later episodes, but they were really good in like the – I'm trying to think of when he made the playoffs with them. 
when they went to the Western Conference? Um, I think that it was like probably late 2000s. It was definitely late uh, 2000s. I want to say it was 2000 and... Um, 2009-2010, it looks like, from what I can Yeah, remember. I think so. Um, that was the team... Yeah, that was the uh, that was the team that had Darren Williams and all the guys that I previously mentioned that end up making it to the Western Conference Finals and losing to the Lakers, uh, two thousand nine, yeah. two thousand ten. They also they also did very well in the 06-07, which we covered last season, and they they do well this season oh seven oh eight, which we're going to talk about this year. Oh yeah, they had, they had a good stretch there where they were like yeah. a fifty win team that two thousand seven two thousand eighteen, which is the team we're talking about. Well, not talking about today per se, but. Uh, they make it to the, I mean, they're 54 and 28, um, stacked roster, really a stacked roster. Matt Harbring, Andre Karolinko, Kyle Korver, Paul, Mil- oh, I forgot about Paul Millsap, Mehmet yep. uh, Okora, Ronnie Price, all these different guys. Uh, and they end up making it to, let's see here, where, yeah, they were division champions that year, first in the Northwest Division. Um, I'm trying to see if that was the team that made it to, I was just reading about this earlier too. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Playoffs. Nope. Playoffs. Whoa, dude. Take it easy, kid. Sorry. I'm so uh, sorry. How, how dare I? I don't know. I can't find it. But one of those teams made it to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, his tenure in Utah ended in a really weird way where him and Deron Williams got into a fight. Um, Deron Williams did come out and say that he and uh, Jerry had since connected. Um, for the listeners that don't know, um, Jerry Sloan had dementia. Um, and had succumbed to his, uh, yeah, his illness at the age of 78. But, um, Nikki, anything to add or any thoughts on the great Jerry Sloan? Uh, well, I remember not liking him as a child because he was the yeah. coach of the jazz, like a kid. But I think, I think as years went on, I didn't really, Jerry Sloan didn't really start to hit my radar as a basketball fan. Like, again, obviously, until then, until like, Probably 08, 09, so probably the next season we'd be talking about. Because I think this this is, again, the point in time where I started to realize, I was like, wait, that Jerry Sloan was like the guy from when I was a kid? Was he on the same fucking team still? And I just, I was like, oh my god, this guy must be very good. And then you start, I look, and obviously, third most winningest coach ever. Like, or no, not third most winning, third best uh, win percentage. No, third, third most wins. Winningest coach, yeah. yeah. In regular yeah, season history, yeah, yeah. Regular season, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like he's amazing uh was a great coach um i didn't know he's from illinois i did not know that i looked him up when uh he i was like oh i gotta look more into him um i obviously didn't watch him as a bulls but i do remember seeing highlights of him when you would go to games he would be in some of those clip packages which is always fun uh but yeah i mean i do truly wish he would have won at least a fucking coach of the year he clearly deserved them many times um and then it's sad to see see him go, especially dementia. That's like a real fucked up way, like to die. Life is can get real harsh like that. It's a rough one. Um, also, yeah. I'm, I might be way off here. We might have actually missed a boat on that team. Now that I think about it, let's see here. Two thousand seven. Uh-huh. Western Conference Finals lost to the Spurs four to one. Yeah, last year. That's yeah, that was the team last year. Prior, we just missed it. We just covered it. That was a really, it was a really fun team, man. Like they basically created like he had always been a big pick and roll guy. What was interesting, yeah. like like you talked about, like I too grew up thinking Jerry Sloan is 
he's the enemy. He coaches the Utah Jazz, not knowing that he played for the Bulls for his entire yeah. career. Basically. <laughs> Um, not his entire career, but the the long, larger majority of his career. If, if I'm not mistaken, his rookie season, he's not on the Bulls, and then every other season he's on the Bulls. I think you are correct. He got drafted by the Bullets. This I know, and then after that, yeah, Baltimore Bullets, uh, and then he was Chicago Bulls. Yes, but yeah, like I think off the of ETS. Yeah, and like he, uh, man, like you know, he had the pick and roll duo that was Carl Malone and John Stockton, and they basically just like revised that with booze and. And Deron Williams and like those teams were fun, man. Like Andre Kirilenko is one of the more more underrated players of this. Andre period. Andre Kirilenko is probably the ultimate too soon guy. If Andre Kirilenko was playing right now, he would be like a Pascal Siakam. Like everybody would fucking love him. Oh yeah, he can do everything on the and floor. Was a monster on the defensive end. Like monster. so good, monster. And hilariously enough, I'm sure people have heard these stories, but uh, ridiculously addicted to World of Warcraft. I, I did not know that. Who knew? I've, I read multiple. I've uh, Tim Duncan, who actually doesn't. It does not surprise me that Tim Duncan plays World of Warcraft. Um, but yeah, Tim Duncan plays World of Warcraft, and so does obviously Andre Kirilenko did a bunch. I don't know if they still do now, but they would say like, "Oh yeah, we would play till like I'd, it'd be like two in the morning." I'm like, all right, guys, I'm gonna go to bed. Got got a game in the morning, Kirilenko, or got a game tomorrow, and Kirilenko's like, yeah, so do I, who cares? So I'm going to play a couple more hours, and he's like, and I'd be like, oh, how long do you play? He's like, oh, it's like seven, and then I went to the gym, because it was time to, to go do all the early morning workouts, I was just like, oh my god, and Roy Hibbert, also, you would play video games with him, he was like, oh my god, Andrew Kirilenko huh. fucking loves World of Warcraft. Huh, I had no idea. It was such a weird, specific thing. That is weird. Yeah. Um, well, rest in peace, Jerry Sloan. Uh, you will be missed. You will be remembered as one of the greatest to ever do the thing that you did, which was coach basketball and play basketball. You were amazing. Um, so we talked about this a little bit when we started talking about Jerry. Um, the last dance, the, it was truly the last dance. The the DJ shut his <laughs> down and it's over. We got our Sundays back, I guess. Um, no, we lost our Sundays. We really did. Now, now I'm like yearning for a, a new documentary to watch. Um, that has to, I might rewatch the OJ documentary. That one was fucking phenomenal. But, um, in any case, it's over Nikki. So, um, for the listeners, a lot of, a lot of heat came out this week. Scotty and Horace, not very happy. Not very happy. I'm going to say this right now. Horace can go fuck himself. They, at this point, the amount of evidence that has been like, yeah, he's been snitching for years. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. There's literally articles from the 80s and the 90s of him – or I'm sorry, the 90s and the 2000s of him snitching uh, a bunch on the team. And he was just like, I, I'm not a snitch. He's like, no, no, dude, you 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 said everything to all of those press people. That At this point, you said it. I don't know why you're trying to defend yourself. I understand why Scottie Pippen's pissed because they kind of make him. They made him look soft multiple times, and also like a bad teammate. Yeah, when everybody, from by all accounts, he's the greatest teammate anyone can ever have. Minus, you know, minus that one instance against the Knicks, but like literally just the one, yeah. Which is a bad call. That and also, well, there's a couple things if you really look at him. Like he did the thing against the Knicks. He voluntarily gets surgery during the season, um, so that he doesn't fuck up his summer. Like he, there were some things. There was some yeah. things, and like, did he have did he have some right to be that way? A little bit, yeah, sure. Like you could argue that um, the Horace thing, like, dude, what do you expect? Michael Jordan had the final say on everything in his documentary. You think like he was going to give you enough to 
Well, here's the thing too. What the whole like he didn't let Horace Grant at, eat after games where he played bad. Like Horace came out and said, if he tried to do that, I'll punch him right in the fucking face. Like yeah, that, did, that didn't happen. So like now you put me in a situation where I'm like, I mean, there's parts of this where Michael seems like a, a, a full on sociopath. So like the fact that he let this much go makes me think like, Horace, you might be a little sour, bro. Like you talked, yeah. he could have, he could have not let you get interviewed at all. Yeah. Now, is it possible that you said what you wanted to say and Michael was like, I don't want this in the documentary? Yeah, absolutely. He had final say. All his team was part of the production team. It's possible. Yeah. Um, in any case, what I really wanted to talk about was, um, what was your favorite episode? The Rodman episode. When the, the first four episodes, they did it like it was, here's everything about Michael. Here's everything about Pippin. Here's everything about uh I think Robin was third, Robin and, was third yeah. and then fourth was Phil. That was my favorite episode. Cause I, uh, Abel and I, but for the people at home who don't know, Abel's a buddy of Jay and I's who we always love talking sports all the time. We would always talk about how much we love Dennis Rodman because he was just like, if you did look into all the stats, it was like, it's just so weird. All these crazy ass stats that he has 25 rebounds. That is nothing else played for 30 minutes. He did nothing but get rebounds. But if you watch the game, he played amazing defense. He almost never got steals or blocks. But his help defense and just, like, the way he could shut down anybody was amazing. And, like, for years, Abel and I would always talk about, like, oh, Dennis Rodman needs a documentary. Or at least, like, a, like a 30 for 30 something just about him. An hour worth of television where oh, we're just learning. Oh, he got more than an hour. And I'm so happy he did. Because well, he um, got his too. Yes, he got the he has his his actual one. But we were like, I don't know. Getting to watch this is like more people are going to watch the Jordan documentary than they're going to watch the Rodman documentary. Yeah. I actually think this one was more interesting as far as like the Rodman story than like I think his so actual too. thirty for thirty. Like his thirty for thirty was good, and like it just made me sad. Like if I'm being honest, like yeah, just it's just it, like sad. I was just sad as fuck. Like towards the end, they talked about how how terrible of a relationship he had with, has with his kids, and it's just like it just made me sad. This one was more like. He did what? He went. Yeah. To, he went to go wrestle during the finals. He did what? They gave well, him a forty-eight I mean, hour vacation to go Jordan, to Vegas. Jordan went. Jordan went and gambled till two a.m. while down 2-0. So like, it's Who like. Who I mean, I well. Also, I think the one thing that I really felt while watching this documentary was like how much fucking bullshit, unnecessary pressure is put onto athletes, especially someone as big as Michael Jordan. It's like. If any fucking person in their life had like like oh we've got it you got Jay you get deadlines at work everybody gets deadlines if you are like oh my god everything is due this next Friday and then on a Tuesday all of you guys are like fuck it I need to pull off some steam after work let's go to the bar or let's go let's go gamble nobody would be like oh my god are they even paying attention to their work do they truly care about their work well, no he's a fucking athlete so if he does literally anything anyone everyone's like loses their mind. Well, and I would also argue too, like, like you have a far less chance. It's not impossible, but you have a far less chance of getting hit by a chair, for example, when you're gambling uh, than when you're wrestling. So it's, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, intentionally, you know, I mean, Rodman took one to DDP's back. Yep. Thankfully, yep. DDP does DDP yoga now, so that back is a okay. DDP yoga sponsor us. This is gonna be the sponsor. <laughs> of the Please sponsor us. DDP sponsor. yoga. So, um, I think so. 
I actually think I rewatched all the episodes last week in preparation for the last two. I think my favorite episode was number seven. The one where Michael cries at the end or starts breaking down at the end. Six. I think no, that was seven. Oh, 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 and he's like end of the interview, he takes yeah. it all off. Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At break time, it was just like break. I think I think that's my favorite one because for a couple reasons. So that was the episode where they talked about I'm, I'm like 95% sure that that was the episode that they also talked about the Space Jam stuff. Um I think that was episode 6. Yeah, it's episode 6. I'll it's episode into it. Because I just remember it based off the years and episode 6 is is the episode where they uh he comes back and they have the the best season. Yeah. Well, so that like episode 7 was just like it was so great because it showed that side of his like competitiveness and like the teammate that they that we'd all heard about, like the teammate that was covered in the Jordan rules, like the the guy who just like went after Scotty Burrell. Funny thing, in our conversation with Kelly Dwyer, I forget who he mentioned was the the gentleman who who mentioned this to him as like a I don't even know if it was a conspiracy theory. I think it might have been confirmed. There is some speculation that Michael was such an asshole to Scotty Burrell because he knew that Scotty Burrell got drafted uh, in major uh, to a major league baseball team. I think it was the Blue Jays or maybe the Mariners. Um, and he was like jealous of him as a baseball player. So he yeah. went at him on the basketball court to be like, well, you might have that, but I got this shit motherfucker. Um, which is very, very possible. Also, I recently found out apparently Michael Jordan notorious for uh, spitting on food when he didn't want other people to eat it. I heard this out there, so I'm not going to claim this. That's not necessary. Pizzagate. We'll call this the true Pizzagate. Um, oh, don't say that. Okay. The flu game, the, the, the food poisoning game. So apparently the story is that Michael came into the room. His team of people had already eaten dinner, and he was pissed off. So he had them order a pizza, and when it got there, he spit put loogies all over the pizza so that nobody else would eat it but him. He ate the pizza by himself because nobody else would eat the loogie pizza. Um, so, here's the theory. This is a Jason Concepcion theory, so I'll give him credit for that. Um, Michael Jordan smoked a lot of cigars. Cigars have carcinogens when you burn them. He hocked up a carcinogen loogie, ate that bitch, Got food poisoning. Ain't that bitch got food poisoning. It's, I mean, it's highly feasible, by the way. Highly. I mean, look, at this point, I, I've always said this. I don't believe 90% of the stories about Jordan. <laughs> yes, the documentary actually did prove some of them correct, but they also even proved in the fucking thing a very famous Michael Jordan story isn't true. Because Michael Jordan, as we have said multiple times, is a psychopath. <laughs> you can't be yeah. that good if you're not a psychopath. You can't get away with a Hitler mustache unless you're a psychopath. That's Jordan. Um, and I, I truly don't believe that five guys came to his goddamn thing to deliver a pizza. No, they definitely embellished that. There's no fucking way. I also don't believe that he spit on his pizza and got sick. He could have just ate a shitty pizza. It's okay to just think he had a bad reaction to the pizza. A lot My of people. Tum -tum gets, I'm going to have pizza tonight. 
Me I've too. had pizza. Nice. I've had pizza in the past and it's hurt my tum tum. That doesn't mean someone fucking poisoned it. And I sure as shit didn't spit on it. It's like, it's pizza. You Sometimes people don't do a great job of making it. Also, that's not like a dick, but it's pizza, 3 a.m. in fucking Utah. What else would you expect? It's going to be gross. Yeah. You're right, dude. You're right. Well, um. They even talked, real quick, they even talked to the dude who made it. Because oh, he was like, I remember that pizza because I was gunning for manager that day. I was like, fuck you, dude. You're not gunning for manager at a 24-hour pizza joint in fucking Utah. Domino's in the middle of Salt Lake City. Apparently, they said that he was a Bulls fan, which made the whole thing even weirder because he was like, yeah, I live in Utah, but I was a Bulls fan. So, like, like we went to go see him because, like, it's Michael. Like, it just – he's like, we didn't know it was him, but, like, at that time – at that hotel, like we had heard rumors that the Bulls were staying there, so we just assumed that, like, let's just go see who it is, and it happened to be Michael. Yeah. Um, in any case, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my Sundays from now on. Like, I think I, I, I have to like talk to my girlfriend now. Um, uh, I don't have that, so I guess I could stare into the sky or play video games or that. That'd be fun. Play some Rocket League, maybe. Um, anywho, so naturally, the last dance happened. Everybody saw the greatness that was Michael, and. Uh, ESPN put out a top 74 players of all time. Such a weird number. Why stop at 74? Just do one more. That's a, like fives and f- fives and zeros. That's what everybody wants in their list. Don't give me yeah. maybe threes, but like, don't fucking like 74. What is this? I want somebody, somebody please explain to me. What is the significance of 74? I hope that's right. truthfully, if they want to have something with real significance, they can just put 76, AKA 1776 USA. Like, or for Memorial Day, good one. Yeah. A lot of players, a lot of, lot of players. Lot- 76 players? No, not 1776. No, no, no. <laughs> I, thought said, I thought you said 1776 players. 1776 no, players. No, no, no. List them out. Top I said out 76 because the year's 1776. What do you think is number 1142? 1142. Thought Maker. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Thought Maker, but not higher than I thought he would go. Very interesting enough. Playoff fun is exactly at 1,000. Oh, good call. Good call. Um, in any case, so ESPN came out with their list, and Paul Pierce came out with his top five all time, and LeBron's not on it, Nikki. What are your thoughts on that? I don't even care. I, he's it, he's wrong, obviously. Mm. Uh, his points were kind of dumb, if I'm being honest. Like It was like, I don't know. LeBron has done so fucking much. I don't think he's the greatest player of all time, but he's definitely in the top five. Yes. He's probably second. I didn't hate his points, right? No, Um, they were fine. That's why I didn't want to say they were bullshit. I can't can't be like, I can't be like, I can't be like, oh, they're wrong. No, but it's like, eh. I mean, basically what he said was, these five guys were a part of dynasties. And to his credit, like he had Kobe in there because he competed against Kobe regularly, you know, and Kobe, like his big thing with Kobe, which like, I'm starting to, can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts by former NBA players and they're all making their case for why Kobe is a top five player in the NBA. I still don't believe that to be true, but I'm the type of person that if you make a good enough argument and teach me something, I'll be like, huh, that's a good point. I can see your point. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I see your point. And I don't know if it was Paul Pierce. I think it was Matt Barnes, actually, and Steven Jackson on Up, uh, Up in Smoke. I was listening to it this morning. 
and they were talking to T-Mac and they were talking about Kobe and they were basically like T-Mac like or T-Mac Kobe is in our top five and here's why like there's no doubt that like even during the era of Tim Duncan and Kobe like there's no doubt that Co- that that TD was amazing right multiple championships lost a couple but like two-time MVP like was the best player on those teams for a long time yeah their whole thing was like he like they built that team around him and he was fortunate enough to be a part of an organization that like supported him and also a coach that he had forever like Kobe had like six coaches during his tenure with the Lakers and at one point like he tried to do the solo act and it's hard as fuck and we'll talk about that a little bit today but like uh they basically said like like Tim Duncan was more focused on like uh kind of being behind the scenes and longevity and like Kobe just he would do literally anything to win. That's all he cared about. That's literally all he cared about. Um but anyways, um I don't know, there's a case to be made about LeBron in the top 5. I still have him as my number 2. Like I'm not going to shake I'm not going to change yeah, that. I wouldn't either. All time I think he's still number 2, but like I can be swayed into a top 5 like I don't think he's out of the top five. Like I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I think like I, no, if no. you were to shake it up a little bit, I don't think Kobe's a top five guy. I don't think TD is is a top five guy. Um, no. and I think he might have had Shaq in that list too. So like his list was a little wonky. He didn't have Bill Russell in there. I don't think he had Kareem in there. I think he had Magic, Kobe, Jordan, Shaq, Magic, Kobe, Jordan, Shaq, and I think Larry Bird maybe was his fifth. Can you pull that up? I'm about to right now, yeah. I can't remember, but I know he didn't have LeBron in there. Let's just go that far. Pretty sure he had Shaq, Kobe, Magic, Jordan. And I want to say Larry Bird was the fifth one. I I also cannot remember all of them, so I, I know that. Sorry. I gotta, yeah, we got to find it. I'm trying to remember who he had. Um, I would imagine LeBron. Now, granted, Paul Pierce and LeBron had it out a couple years. There's that too. There's that like level of animosity of like you're not that good. We used to beat the shit out of you, and like had KG been not not been hurt and some other things, like we would have beat you guys again. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, you guys took Ray Allen from us. Blah blah blah. There's a lot of animosity there. Like the Heat do not like, or the the Celtics from that era do not like the Heat or any of the players that played for the Heat, especially your man Ray Allen. Like a lot of hatred there. A lot of hatred. Um, did you find it? No, it's just all videos. I'm not trying to watch the video. I just want the list. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, Paul Pierce. Here's the thing. Paul Pierce is. Paul Pierce was great, and we'll talk a lot about him today on today's podcast, and his days with the Celtics. Paul Pierce was a very, very good player, a very clutch NBA player, and a champion. Um, Paul Pierce, as a member of the media, is making it so that people think less of his playing career. Like he's starting to what he does as a media member is starting to chip away at how people will remember him. Like um I was listening to Brilliant Idiots today and Andrew Schultz made a really good point where he was just like people remember oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it so uh this is top 5 um were Kareem, Magic, Michael, Tim Duncan, Kobe and Larry. Oh, so he did have TD in there. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, Tim Duncan, not Shaq. And I not, do not not and he had Magic in there. Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, I read that wrong. MJ, Kareem, Russell, Magic, and Kobe. Oh. Yeah, his top five is MJ, Kareem, Russell, Magic, and Kobe. Interesting. I would put in that top five, I'd be fine with everything except I'd take Kobe out because i put LeBron in there. LeBron is, top, is one of the second days. Like, yeah. second. I think he is number two. I had kind of I, I I posted something on the NBA Twitter account today because I think people are, I people I think people are forgetting about how good Kareem was, like how amazing yeah, Kareem, Kareem was. Number three, well, mm, Russell's probably three, and then Kareem four, and mm, it's a tough. That one. one's a that's a fucking that's toss, a toss up. up. That's a toss up. Like you got absolute dominance on both ends, a lot more rings on Russell's end, but like the the league was only like eight teams at the time. So like there's, you, you got to add that in like, and look, it was, it was him, Wilt Chamberlain and a bunch of six foot five mailmen. Exactly. As um, everybody always says about older decades. Yeah. Um, this is actually a nice little segue, not about Will Chamberlain or that. So I, I guess it's not a good segue, but like, I was just saying that like Paul Pierce as like this media person is kind of chipping away at his, at his legacy as an NBA player. Um, but he's the truth. And uh, not only did the last dance end this week, um, this week we also ended a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of NBA media and NBA entertainment. That is Game of Zones. Game of Zones ended today. Uh, it was the series finale. I think it's been seven seasons, right? This yep. was season seven. Seven season. Uh, the Malmet brothers created it. It was a part of Bleacher Report. If you've never, I, I urge the listeners: if you've never seen Game of Zones and you watch any of Game of Thrones, even if you didn't, I you'll still enjoy it. It's like this: it's this perfect culmination of these two things that I loved, um, and it's got like all these like Easter eggs and like really deep NBA jokes. But there's also some like references, to some some fairly loose references to the show. Um, and exactly. to like just like fantasy shows and yeah, movies in general. Exactly. It is it is fantastic. This season, um <laughs> the Media Dell, which was where all the media went or lived, I should say. Um But don't spoil it. That's a fair point. I just won't in spoil case it. they watch it. But it is sad that it's gone. It is sad. It was a great show. You and I I mean, you Matt and I used to talk about Game of Zones all the time. Oh, I mean, yeah, as a big fan as well. It's I mean in terms of like, I don't know what even comes close to the like the 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't even know if anything else comes close to like the space that Game of Zones filled in the NBA world. In terms of oh like yeah NBA entertainment, there's nothing that comes close to it. It was just like this really unique science fiction slash like medieval times perspective on the NBA. And it was, it was just so witty and so funny, man. Like there's some of the best jokes, like just hilarious jokes. Um, yeah. Like I'm trying not to spoil anything from this season, but like, like past seasons, I remember, I think it was two seasons ago. There was the game, uh, that like all the rookies were playing, like the young, the young Lakers and like shit like that. And like Lonzo gets the dice and he just has to like throw it into the little bucket and he's got like his little, oh, they're and... playing, uh, they're playing one K. Yeah. <laughs> playing one K instead of two K. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a board game. The entire thing's a giant board game. Oh God. And they, so they good. have like these little slates for cutscenes, And he's like, uh. can I just skip this? He's like, no, you can't skip the cutscenes. And he's like talking <laughs> and like, and then, <laughs> 
Malcolm Brogdon and Michael Carter Williams is like, shut up, quit complaining about who's going to be the rookie of the year. This time next year, no one's going to remember who you are. And they're going to be like, wait, who are you? And it's like, it's the, it's the previous rookie of the year, damn it. Oh, that's so good. They're just uh, so good, man. It's just two brothers that just created this thing. Like, and it just, it took off. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. This season features a lot of people in the media. It features like Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons, Charles Barkley, shit like that. Like, oh, that was the point that I was going to make before we keep going with Game of Zones. Andrew Schultz made a really good point. And he basically said, like, people remember Kenny Smith's career like he was like an all-star. And like, he was just okay. But he's been so good as a media guy that people like love him so much that they just remember his career in a way that's way above what his career actually was. Whereas like, even Chuck to some extent, like rubs people the wrong way with a lot of his takes. And like, people remember him in a, in a, in a lesser way than like his career was anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Game of Stones. It's, it's done. It's amazing. I would highly, highly urge you guys to check it out, but without further ado, it is time. We are continuing our series of reviewing NBA seasons. And this, this episode, this week, we will be talking about the 07, 08 season. Nicholas, take us there. In the summer of 2007, the fray taught us how to save a life. And now the NBA will teach you how to save a franchise. (laughs) Step one, you say we need a star. Paul Pierce really just can't get us that far. I know exactly what we could do. Get Ray Allen to hit threes right on cue. How about a point guard who can pass? Pretty good at D and a bit of an ass. Fuck it, let's get KG for fun. A lineup to make Bill Simmons. Mm. The Cavs got jack shit to help LeBron James. And the Spurs are always the fucking same. Don't judge me, a super team's just wise. And I know how to save a franchise. Oh my god. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm crying because it's beautiful or if I'm crying. <laughs> um, continue. Um, <clears throat> the 2007 NBA draft also occurred. Uh, and everything leading up to it was a debate between the Buckeyes big man Greg Oden and the Texas rattlesnake Kevin Durant. In the end, it had a lot of serviceable players, though, as 20 different players out of this draft had played at least 10 NBA seasons so far. A bunch of them are still playing to this day, so clearly there's more they can keep going. Uh, And they had four All-Stars. The top five picks that year were Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, Mike Conley, and Jeff Green. And other notables that we got here are Corey Brewer at seven, Brandon Wright at eight, Joakim Noah at nine, Thaddeus Young at 12, Nick Young at 16, Marco Bellinelli at 18, Jared Dudley at 22nd, uh, Wilson Chandler at 23rd, Aaron Aflalo at 27, Big Baby Davis at 35, 48th overall, Mark Gasol and Ramon Sessions picked up at 56. Uh, the All-Stars were Al Horford, Kevin Durant, <clears throat> uh, Mark Gasol, and Joaquin Noah. That's like, why can't I remember the last one? That's everybody. This is a pretty good draft. 
it's not a bad draft. This is this is another one of those drafts where it's like these are a bunch of players who are like amazing role players. Um but some like really longtime starters, like really quality, like borderline all-stars and all-stars in this draft. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They like and like I think the one thing we totally could talk about is because I looked at his numbers, the only reason Greg Oden's a bust is because of injuries. He was oh, such a large man. 100%. His second year in the league before he had to take four years off, I think it was, he was averaging 16 and 12 with four blocks or something like that. Yeah, I think it's important for the listeners to remember, like, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's a nice segue because that was the first thing I wanted to talk about was, like, this draft was, like, hotly debated because, like, you know, Greg Oden is – one of the more accomplished high school basketball players of all time and going into his freshman season at Ohio state, like people knew that he had some injuries. I think he had a back issue when he was there and like, he had a wrist issue as well. He played a lot of the season with like a fucking cast, which was crazy. Yeah. I remember um, that. But like him and Mike Conley go there and make an immediate impact. Okay. Uh, sorry about that, listeners. We had a we had a minor difficulty. I know you probably didn't hear it, but it'd be weird if we just like jump back in the conversation without any context, because um, it's hard to match these things up. Anywho, uh, we had a minor minor technical difficulty there. Anywho, uh, what I was saying was that that season, Greg Oden played a lot of the season with the cast, but like going into the draft, he it was very much like Kevin Durant versus Greg Oden. Like it was one of the more hotly debated, probably. I'm trying to think of like before that, like maybe like I don't even know that Jordan and Hakeem were that hotly debated for like a one two pick. Maybe yeah. oh, you know what? Maybe like Dwight Howard and Mecca Okafor. That might oh yeah, that was a pretty good one. Comparable. Yeah, I I I, uh, I do remember watching like so much footage about Kevin Durant and um, Greg Oden leading up to this draft because this was a, this was a season that I was really paying attention to the draft. Truthfully, because Kevin Durant is very much a player that I – my kind of player, just like a tall guy who could shoot. I like tall guys who could shoot. So I was always like, this guy, be, this guy should be fun. So I was like watching a bunch about him. And then like Greg Oden is just like such a monster of a man. Like he's, he's big all around. Even like he's lost weight and he's still huge. He's just such a big man. And I was like, well, he's going to get – I remember I remember talking to friends when I was uh, younger like – Saying like, oh, Greg Oden's gonna get picked because you just you don't say no to such a large human being. Like you have to pick that dude first because like he's gonna do so well. And then he just didn't because of fucking injuries. I I truly think if he didn't have injuries, he would have been a fucking an amazing NBA center. He, yeah. He probably wouldn't be able to like. He probably would have only played like ten seasons because he's so big. It probably would have been like, oh, he wouldn't been able to transition as well. Uh, as time went on, but like he was just such a dominant force. I remember a bunch of people saying like, "Oh, he's 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 physically dominant, like Shaq. It's gonna be a Shaquille O'Neal type. He's just so big. He was just like he could he could move so well for such a big man." But, yeah, I mean, he had some like he had some glimpses of like, oh, okay, this is why we drafted him number one. Like, yeah, he, he had good footwork. He was a he was a good defensive center and was just like really good around the rim had good touch like couldn't had some like he could shoot a little bit like he wasn't like a kd but like had good touch for a big man um and like was very efficient around the rim and and it was just I, yeah i mean he was good 
when he was able to play, but like he gets drafted. He's like the first guy that I can remember having that microfracture surgery, which was the yeah. same one that Blake Griffin had. And if I remember correctly, the same oh, one that Ben Simmons had. No, a couple seasons later. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I think Ben Simmons had the same injury or maybe Joel Embiid. It, either way, like it was one of those injuries that like at that time, it's just like, oh, microfracture surgery. This is not good. Like other people have had this injury, major problems. But also, I guess Amari kind of sort of came back from it, but has had lingering injuries since. And like he missed his entire rookie season, comes back the next year his like sophomore slash rookie season and is like good, like nine and six, I think where his averages and like played, you know, some minutes, but not great. I was going to say this too. Like <clears throat> people shit on, on the trailblazers for like their draft history. They've had some really weird ones, but they also drafted guys late in the draft, like CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Roy, Damian Lillard, like Nicholas Batum in the second round. Like, yeah, they traded for him, but he was the second overall pick in that yeah. draft. And it wasn't a great draft to begin with, but like that, the Blazers, especially during his time, dude, you got Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge. Now they just picked up fucking uh, uh, Greg Odin. And you also have Nicholas Batum as like this defensive, like three and D wing on this team. Like this team had a lot of promise. And then you have two guys in Brandon Roy and Greg Odin that within three seasons, they're gone. Like they're gone. Yep. You know, yeah. um, it's really unfortunate. Obviously, like revisionist history says, like, how could you not pick Kevin Durant? He's probably a top 15, if not a top 10 player all time. Um, listen, I, I I maintain to Nikki's point, if Greg Oden stays healthy, he's got a really good career ahead of him. Uh, and when he was, he was a really good NBA player. Just, you know, freak injuries, man. Freak accident. Yep. Unfortunately. All right, let's move on to the next topic, which is exactly what you had kind of alluded to, which was uh, in your beautiful song, by the way. Thank you for sharing that beautiful, yeah. beautiful song. Um, this was the season that the big three was formed, Nikki. It's the season. Yeah. This is the season. Big three. Uh, the Celtics go into that draft with high lottery odds. They thought they were going to be the number one overall pick that year because they sucked the season yes. prior, like were the worst, just the worst. And basically their best player was Jeff green. Uh, nope, that's not true. He got no, drafted. He got drafted uh, that you're year. right. You're right. You're right. They uh, actually traded him for Ray Allen. Yeah, they did. You're he's, right. He's in the, he's, I was then, thinking because uh, he came, he came back in a trade with OKC a couple years later. Yes. And then the hilariously enough, Gerald green was used as the trade piece to get Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very fun yeah. stuff it's, it's interesting. They make these trades a massive. I think it was like a seven player trade that included guys like Sebastian Telfair and fucking uh, Al uh, Jefferson. Hito Turgaloo was a part of the trade. Was he? For to get Ray Allen. Yes. Interesting. Let me double check the name. I remember looking it up. Hito Turgaloo was one of them. <laughs> but in any case, this at the time was a massive trade because you have two guys in Ray Allen and KG who are, are at the latter portions of their career, but are still very much stars in the NBA. And this is the first time in a long time that we've had a, a real big three um, like of this caliber, right? You have Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett coming into the season and just dominant from the start to the finish. Um, Played this Lakers team that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, 
pretty competitively, but end up winning in six. That game six, I watched it the other day. They just, I mean, they blew the Lakers out. It was, oh, yeah. No, no, the game six like was 24, 25 or something. I remember game six actually being like real, real simple. It was so them. boring because it was just like, oh, they're clinching. And like KG's like on the bench with five minutes to go, just chilling there, waiting for it to be yeah, over. So they're good to get, yeah. Um, but I, I, this team was, man, they were fun as shit. Like, and not only these big three, but like the cast of players around them guys like mm-hmm. Eddie House, Leon Powell, PJ Brown, Big Baby Davis. Tony Allen before he becomes a grit and grind member. Yeah. Playing with the Celtics team. Like uh Kendrick Perkins, big perk, big pretty slim perk, actually, re- in retrospect. Like when you look at him yeah. in comparison to like his OKC days, like Perk playing defense, holding it down as a center. Young Rajan Rondo, who's just like a phenomenal playmaker and at the time a really good defender. Um, that team was just like so incredibly dominant. So dominant. Yeah, here real quick, Jay. So the the Boston Celtics traded Jeff Green, Wally Zerbiak, Delonte West in the 2008 second round draft pick, who was became Trent Playstead, uh, to the Sonics for Ray Allen and Glenn Big Baby Davis. Mm. And then the following month, I believe, is when they make that trade for Kevin Garnett. Yeah, because he wasn't going to come was, until they picked up Ray Allen. I remember that. Yeah, and then that was on July 28th. I want to say, am I correct? No, I am not. July something. No, 31st. Timberwolves trade Kevin Garnett to the Celtics for Ryan Gomes, Gerald Green, Al Jefferson, Theo Ratliff, Sebastian Telfair, a 2009 first-round pick who would be used to pick up Wayne Ellington, and a 2009 first-round draft pick that would be used to pick up Johnny Swing. Oops. <laughs> Listen, at the time, like, what a get. Yeah, also the very next day is when Boston signs uh, Eddie House. As a free agent. Eddie Howe, savage. Played with the Suns during the seven seconds of left period, too. So mm-hmm. come from a playoff pedigree. Um, this team was just fun, though, man. The one thing I did want to say about the Celtics team is, like, here's what I've learned from watching the last dance. Winning more than once is very, 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 very hard. It's so hard. So many things have to go your way. Because... This Celtics team wins the championship this year, <clears throat> basically unscathed. But then going mm-hmm. into the 09 season, still basically the same team, Kendrick Perkins goes down. Or no, pardon me. Kevin Garnett goes down um, and basically can't play against the Magic. They lose to the Magic. Magic go on to play the Lakers in the finals. Then the following mm-hmm. season, they make it back to the finals in 2010. During that series against the Lakers, Kendrick Perkins goes down, who at that point was a major, major defensive stalwart for that team and was basically like, I mean, Paul Gasol was definitely the best player in that series, but like was holding things down, goes down and they lose that series, which like a couple things go your way. You're talking about a team that could potentially be three-time champions and they walk away from that big three period with one championship, which honestly kind of under underwhelming like that 2010 team probably was or that 2009 team honestly was probably the best of the three they didn't make it to the finals yeah that lost the, well that was the year that dwight howard went fucking off and like van gundy understood like hey everyone around i mean we'll talk about that next year but still like you know i i truly think like yes you are correct it's fucking nearly impossible to win it's nearly impossible for just like you know like a player to win multiple <coughs> championships in their career. Like that just doesn't happen that often. I mean, yes, there are obviously players that that happens to, but like, 
it's so it's so hard to win a championship and so many things do have to go right. And like this year, every single thing went right for the Celtics. It really did. Like this, I think this was – no, this isn't Rondo's best year. But like no. Rondo is doing very good on the team. No, season. I think he was at his peak during like right LeBron in Miami in that yeah. gap period of time. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, um, <laughs> jinx him. Uh, but like, um, yeah, he – you're not wrong. It does. They probably could have won three straight, but like I also think like those Lakers that the Laker team that they had that they beat this this year, and then they would have faced the next two years could have gotten the best of them still either one of those years because that they were good teams. So I yeah. can't I can't like put anything against them. I think those Lakers do 100 percent still deserve those two, but I truly think like yeah, I think like actually. The Celtics might have blown it, but I, but as we talked about, it's mainly through the injury, so it's not like it's their fault. Yeah, and uh, hey, at least they fucking won one. They got Kevin Garnett his ring. That's the that was the happiest moment for me because growing up, I loved Kevin Garnett on the Timberwolves. I was like, man, that guy's so so fucking awesome. He's such a a dick. Although, also, was it this year? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking years in later years. I I hated Kevin Garnett, but up until this year, I fucking loved him. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that next week. Well, we'll talk about that one. Yeah, I was like, was it later? I was like, oh no, it's next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, for years and years and years, I was I was like, man, the Timberwolves can't fucking do nothing for for Kevin Garnett. And when he finally got traded, I was like so happy because I loved Kevin Garnett growing up as a kid. Again, tall guy who could shoot, and also he was crazy, and I enjoy that too in a player. Well, um, shoot relatively good. Let's be sure. Well, yeah, in today's NBA, no, but I also think he probably like he 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 had a good mid range. He can he knows how to spread the floor a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I I love Kevin Garnett. And that was probably the biggest reason was just to get to see him win. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. They could have won more, uh, but fucking injuries screw you over so badly. Yeah, he um this this season he wins Defensive Player of the Year is you know, at the center of this, what at the time, and some still may say is one of the best defensives in Mm -hmm. NBA history. Like one of the best teams, like this is that, that like ice on the screen, Tom Thibodeau defense that everybody came to know and love and started to do. And unfortunately now it's kind of dead, but like, it's one of those things where like this, the defense, I mean, Look at the guys on this roster, man. KG, Kendrick Perkins, Rajon Rondo, Tony Allen, who is one of the most incredible defenders in in recent memory. Like, even Kobe said, like, TA is one of the hardest dudes I've ever had to play against. Like, 100%. This team did it on all ends. Like, you had guys who could stretch the floor and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Paul Pierce put the team on his back during the finals and, like, really went after it. Like, I think he he scored 41 in one game against Kobe and, like, I think – Kobe might have dropped 45, so it was, like, kind of back and forth. You know, Boston ends up winning that game. Like, there's just – the team was just – it was a really well-rounded team. And, like, what's really even more interesting is, like, you look at some of the guys on that team and, like, the same thing can be said a lot lot of championship teams, but, like, the the sum of the part – like, the whole is better than the sum of the parts. You know what I mean? Like, like, whatever happened to Leon Powell after this, nothing. Like, nothing at all. You know what I mean? 
like Big Baby Davis had a career, but like wasn't great. Like goes to Orlando, he's fine, you know. Um, Tony Allen had a great career after this. Was better after he left. Actually, Kendrick Perkins was basically nothing after he left. Not not nothing. Like, well, he was all right on the Thunder. He was solid on the Thunder. In a, he was, he a was few solid. years later. And then, which like, for the season, folks, he was, man. for the folks out there wondering, yes, we will. The Sonics will be leaving us pretty soon. Sadly, they will be become. They will become the OKC Thunder. Yeah, I think in two Very seasons. Yeah, two seasons, I believe. Two seasons, I think. Um, yeah, but like, I, I think that happens a lot because, like, it, I mean, it happens again just because we were watching this damn documentary. Think about all the players on that team that, like, yeah, you and I probably know who they are because, like, we're huge Bulls fans. Your average person's get, like, some people know, a lot of people know who BJ Armstrong is. Not everybody's gonna know who he is. You know, like he's not crazy. Like, but I knew who the fuck he was within a second. I was like, oh, I know. Yeah. Armstrong. Uh, Bill Wennington. No, I forgot who Bill Wennington was What from one episode to the next while we were ta- I was talking to Jay and Tad during one of the episodes. I was like, I don't even, who's Bill Wennington? I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know who Bill Wennington is. So if I, if I had such an easy slip and the man was on my television, that happens all the time. But those are all people who, contributed very much to those championships and there's teams all the time that you've well like we'll talk about in the future but like the heat mario chalmers think about that name mario chalmers became a joke later in his career but that guy was a contributor Um, did not become a joke he basically tore his acl or his achilles yeah i guess that's true yeah he got hurt he got fucked over because he got hurt during like his, his his the last season of a contract, and he was coming off of an injury as a free agent. Like, yeah, and he's yeah, not yeah. Demarcus Cousins, so nobody signed exactly. him. Like, yeah, got, that's right. it, it was just circumstantial. But in any case, you did bring up the Lakers, who were a very talented team, and this was their first return after like these last couple seasons of just like severe mediocrity. Um, but in the middle of the season, they swing a trade for Paul Gasol, who ends up being a huge, massive impact for this team and stays with the Lakers for the larger majority of his career. Like when he becomes a hall of famer, inevitably he's going to go in as a Laker. He's not going in as a Grizzly. Yeah. He's going no, in as a Grizzly. Yeah, um, phenomenal trade at the time. What felt like highway robbery, but I have to ask in this trade, Powell gets traded for his younger brother, Mark, his younger, much doughier brother, Mark, um, who people thought was just like, oh, that's Powell's younger brother, and ends up becoming the key to the grit and grind Grizzlies, wins defensive player of the year, multiple time all-star, and I think has had a better career statistically than Powell Gasol. Oh, like, yeah. Like Yeah, you said you said when he goes in in the Hall of Fame, Powell will be a Laker, but Mark's gonna be a fucking Grizzly. Oh, yeah, well duh. Like, 100%. I, yeah, he won with the Raptors, but, like, he was so dominant in that damn team. It does – but, Lee, when when the trade happened, that was like, wait, what the fuck? Why did they say okay to this? And then, yeah, of course, Marcus Gasol ended up being great. I love Marcus Gasol. He was one of my favorite players when he was on the fucking Grizzlies. But, like, yeah, you, I don't remember – what. do you have the exact, like, every every trade piece? Let me see. I don't remember the whole trade. I know the sort of in like the main thing for me was the Gasol brothers switch spots. That was like my thing. All right, let's take a look here. Uh, Oh, this is an interesting one. On February 1st, 2008, Memphis traded Gasol to the Los Angeles Lakers along with a 2010 second round draft pick for Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenden, Aaron McKee, the rights to Mark Gasol. 
Paul's younger brother, and 2008 and 2010 first-round draft picks. Um, I don't know who those draft picks ended up becoming. But uh, it worked out for both teams. It worked yeah. out really well for both teams. And it's um, it was both because of the Gasol brothers. Because exclusively because of it. Kwame Brown sure as shit wasn't helping the Grizzlies. Wasn't it wasn't Kwame, I'll tell you that. But I did want to read off like their career comparisons. So Pau Gasol plays from he's not retired, but he may as well be. 2002 to 2019. Marcus Gasol, 2009, he's still playing today. Pau Gasol has two rings, Marcus Gasol has one. Um playoffs games played or playoff seasons played i should say uh Pau gasol 12 playoff seasons marcus all seven all-star games Pau gasol six marcus all three all nba first team Pau gasol zero marcus all one all nba teams Pau gasol four marcus all two all defensive teams Pau zero duh terribly yeah. Player Mark Terribly. one defensive player of the year, pow zero, Mark one rookie of the year, pow one, Mark zero. Now we begin to the stats points per game 17 for pow, 14.7 for Mark. Rebounds, pow 9.2, Mark 7.6. Assists, pow 3.2, Mark 3.4. Steals, 0.5.9 for pow and Mark. Blocks per game 1.6 for pow, 1.4 for Mark. Total points, pow has surpassed the 20,000-point mark, 20,894. Marcus Gasol is currently at 12,196. Total rebounds. I, I think it's safe to say that Powell's had a better career. <laughs> well, yeah. I was trying to make a case, but... No, no, no. S- I, no, I know Powell's had a better career. Best season comparison between the two. 2007, Powell, 20.8, 11.8, 4.6 assists. Oh, no, wait. Never mind. That was not one single season. This was best... All of his season. best... Yeah. Yeah. In different seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Mark really never went above 20 points per game. But, like... He's, never, he's always been more of, like, the defensive... Oh, he's not... Eh. Yeah, he's usually, like, a defensive key for teams. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, he was a defensive player of the year. Like, different yeah. types of player, right? Like, Powell was a an incredibly gifted... An incredibly gifted offensive player like yeah. cre- like could stretch the floor um yeah, yeah. nice touch around the rim too oh, incredible touch around the rim like a little bit of an overrated rebounder i think like he yeah I, numbers, I but, like okay. i remember when he was with the bulls it was like, <clears throat> I feel like he's like kind of stat hunting like yeah he's grabbing rebounds but like he's not really a really great rebounder when you no, really i don't think he's down. a very good rebounder mm-hmm. but n- not a great defender but just like move the ball so well, pass the ball really well, like stretch the floor. Mark's just a different type of player. Like got his shots off and later in his career, definitely stretched the floor, but like was a defensive player first and foremost. Like, yeah. And was again at the forefront and was the core, the, the anchor, the, 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 the nucleus of that grit and grind team and really led the charge of a team that was primarily known for their really tough nose defensive style of play um, in the, you know, late, like not early 2000s, but like mid 2000s. And now we're going to be yeah. talking about that in a, in a couple of weeks here. But yeah. um, anything else we want to talk about this season? Was this the was this the Kobe MVP season? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, Kobe won MVP this year. Good for you, Cobes. You got your first and your last. <laughs> and rookie yeah, of the yeah. year was KD, 
Or no, I think he shared it with Al Horford, didn't he? No, I think it was just Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um, I, yeah I'll double check. But I'm almost positive it was just Kevin Durant. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about. No, me neither. Um, fun season. The big three. This season kicked off what then became the Celtics-Lakers rivalry again, which after the seasons that we've gone through up to this point, you really need it. We The, the, the NBA needed this so bad. <laughs> like, yes. It wasn't a very competitive finals, but the NBA is better when the best teams in the NBA are better. They just it just is. Like, yeah. When when the big market teams are great, when the Knicks are great, when the Lakers are great, when the Celtics are great, when the Sixers are great, when the Bulls are great, the NBA is a better product. It just My, is. when the Heat are great. When Julie. the Heat, yeah. When the Heat, like Golden State now, like has kind of like etched themselves. Yeah. People expect that now. Um, but the all-time franchises, when the all-time franchises are great. That's when the NBA is great, uh, and I think this season definitely taught us that. Let's uh, let's let's plow. You got something real else? quick? Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant was the rookie of the year. He was averaging twenty four and two, and then the most valuable player was Kobe Bryant at twenty eight six and five. Way to go, Cubs! And uh, I just got a text message from Bob. Everyone else is listening to this probably already know this, but Patrick Ewing has the coronavirus. I heard that. That's a very sad thing to hear. But he did tweet about it. He, He'll be okay. He'll be he's okay. gonna be okay. He's very, very rich. He coaches so, at Georgetown. They have a lot of doctors there. He's gonna be just okay. He's not yeah, he's he's more than okay. He's be well, just, oh, dude, he's, be right. he's rich and he's actually still in pretty good health. Like he's a pretty like yeah. he's he, like obviously he was a fucking athlete, but I'm saying even to this day he's still in good shape. Yeah, one hundred percent. You can get through it, Patrick. Yeah, dude. Be well. Get well soon, Patrick. And with that, let's plug and let's get out of here. I'd like to plug my uh, solo album coming out. Um, it's called How to Save a Franchise. Please download it. It's, a, it's literally just that track. We're going to put some piano over it. I don't think the fray will allow that, so I'll just we'll just have to get like a fake one. But, you know, How to Save a Franchise, Make Me Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, also follow me at Nikki Palooza. All right. And you can follow me at J underscore Kilas on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow MBA at MBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, please don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. It really helps us get up in the ratings. And make sure and check out our new blog, nba.substack.com. 